This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about real-world leadership solutions. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. My passion is to help leaders lead more effectively. Welcome to episode number 12, Begin with the End in Mind, The Art of Finishing Well. And now before I say anything else, I just want to say this applies not just to the end of your career, because many of you who are listening to this are young, but any leadership assignment. You know, we when we're in the middle of a big assignment, we don't really think about probably leaving and going on to our next job. But they say young people like my four children, uh, people in their 20s and 30s today will probably have, what, five to eight careers lots of different employers. So we should always begin with the end in mind and just determine that we're going to finish well and leave well wherever we are. Begin with the end in mind. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow observed, great is the art of beginning, but greater is the art of ending. T.S. Eliot said, in my end, is my beginning. You know, I find that many people can start well, any leadership assignment, any new job, everybody's rooting for you, everybody believes in you, it's not so easy to wrap it up and finish well as you move on to your next assignment. Or, for those of you who are older, uh, ending up your career or finishing up your, your major life contribution well. I like to think we should begin with the end in mind. Let me tell you about some famous failures who refused to quit and master the art of ending. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Who was that? Lucille Ball. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. Guess who that was? Walt Disney. Cut from his high school basketball team. He went home and locked himself in his room and cried. Guess who that was? Yep, Michael Jordan. His teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything and that he should go into a field where he could succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Thomas Edison. His fiance died. He failed in business twice. He had a nervous breakdown and was defeated in eight elections. Yeah, you probably know who that is. Abraham Lincoln. He dropped out of college for lack of motivation. Started a company that eventually fired him, Stephen Jobs. They all began with the end in mind, and the planet is better because of it. I think it's always good to begin with the end in mind. It begins with a huge project. You know, my father and the, the German rocket scientist put a man on the moon, and I remember during the days of the Apollo project, I was fascinated with the, the fact that they were going to send this rocket to the moon, and so they had to begin with the end in mind. They had to figure out how to land it on the moon, and then they worked their way backwards to Earth. It was a huge project. Whenever you start a huge project, begin with the end in mind. And my father always taught me, don't begin anything you're not willing to finish. It works for a career like Michael Jordan, who wanted to be the best basketball player there ever was, even when he was a student in North Carolina at Chapel Hill. 
It works with your life. Have you thought much about how you want to finish and what you want said at your funeral? You know, I get really choked up at funerals. Uh, I have to say a little bit selfishly, of course, I'm sad. I'm usually sad for the children and the grandchildren that are left behind without mom or dad. But I also really think about what will they say about me? What would they put on my tombstone? What would I want to be known for? It applies to marriage. Do you have an end in mind? Maybe you want to be a successful CEO. You want to run the company where you work. Maybe that's a great ending. You want to be a, a successful pastor, a top musician, a teacher who excels at helping students, a star athlete, a very successful business person, a top-notch medical professional, an amazing mom to your children. It applies to everybody, and it especially applies to your leadership. What do you want to be known for? What do you want it to be about when all is said and done? When I was young, I had no clue what my long-range plan was. You know, uh, I had, you know, some kids, you know, even when they're in grade school, they know what they want to be or high school or college, but, you know, I didn't. Uh, but I became a person of faith when I went away to college at the University of Alabama and God got a hold of my life. And, you know, I just recently was reflecting back, what did I really think was going to happen in my life? I always say that Following God is filled with surprises, and it never turns out the way you think it does. You know, life never turns out the way you think it will. But what do we really want when all is said and done? Well, I decided there were three things that I wanted when all was said and done uh, to be true of my life. And the specifics, I had no clue. But generally, here's number one, I wanted to know him and to make him known. I was committed to Christ and to letting Christ be known. So that was one thing I wanted to do with my life. And I've tried to do that in my career. Number two, uh, generally in my end game, I thought about what Jesus said in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-one, when he said, well done, good and faithful servant. I thought, wow. And I, to this day that I want that to be said to me when all is said and done, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, he didn't get real specific about faithful and what, whatever your hand is applied to do, whatever your work is, I think it applies. Do it well, do it with all your heart, do it with passion, do it with integrity. Don't give up. So I just wanted, and I still want when all is said and done for him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. And finally, number three, I wanted to stay married to my lovely wife, Donna, which I have for 38 years. And uh, I want to be a great husband and a great father to my four children. And uh, I think I've I've done a fairly good job, and now I have grandchildren, and I, I guess I have to append that little statement and say I also want to be a great granddad. And those of you who are grandpas, you know, all of a sudden, you grandmas and grandpas, you have a whole new calling in life to have an opportunity to impact the next generation. Well, let me give you three facts about ending well, about finishing well, whatever you're called to do. And these are pretty interesting facts. Fact number one, many people don't finish well. Many people don't end well. Why is that? Well, they burn out, they rust out, they flake out, they bail out, they freak out, they walk out on their dreams. They settle for way less than what they aspired to do when they were young. 
many people don't finish well. Now, those of you who are in ministry out there, let me just say a word to you. I know I have a lot of listeners who are not, and I love that. You know, whether you're in business, whether you're in education, a firefighter, I've recently had some contact with a couple of firefighters who are asking for me to help them in in some of their leadership challenges. Apparently, in the world of firefighting, there is a, a kind of a dearth of great leadership. But those of you who are in ministry, the Francis Schaeffer Institute of Church Development came out with these pretty sad statistics. Uh, It was also distilled from research from Barna, Focus on the Family, uh, Fuller Seminary, and a couple other places. 1,500 pastors leave the ministry each month due to moral failure, spiritual burnout, or contention in their churches. That is 18,000 pastors a year leave the ministry. 50% of pastors are so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could, but they have no other way of making a living. And 80% of Bible school and seminary graduates who enter the ministry will leave within the first five years. Wow, that's pretty depressing. It's pretty sad. It can be so tough and so discouraging. The point here, uh, the Christian walk or the walk of leadership as well is a marathon, not a hundred-yard dash. In fact, life is a marathon, not a hundred-yard dash. And, uh, boy, for those of you who are listening, I long that you will not become one of those statistics uh, if you happen to be in ministry. You know, I just think we need people who are determined to finish well and do whatever they can to just hang in there. And that's that's one of the passions of this podcast, The Leadership Answer Man. I want to help you in your leadership. I want to encourage you. And if there are particular questions you have or you're discouraged about something or you're just uh, something has really got you stuck, would you please write me? Just go to my website, leadershipanswerman.com, and, and shoot me a message. And please, and get a hold of me. I'd love to, to have a dialogue with you directly. Fact number two, it's tough to finish well. You know, there are a lot of things going against us, Uh, lots of discouragement. My previous podcast was all about discouragement, but uh, discouragement really can take a person out. It's tough, especially if you're serving God in ministry. And one of my favorite peoples in the people in the New Testament was the leader Paul, the apostle Paul. And in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28, he talked about all the troubles he had. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, and that was not the kind of stone that we experienced in the 60s. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Well, etc., etc. You get the idea. Here's one of the stars of the Bible. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. You think he had it easy? You think he sat in a nice little cozy office and just wrote those great books? No, he wrote those great books that are in the New Testament out of a life of trouble. It's tough to finish well. He did. In the Old Testament, of course, you know who I'm going to mention, if you know anything about me at all, Moses. Moses, uh, I'm excited. I mentioned in my last podcast, Hollywood is doing two movies on Moses. You know, the Ten Commandments continues to be a, a favorite year after year, that great movie with Charlton Heston, the Ten Commandments. And Hollywood is now doing two new movies about Moses. I'm real curious to see how they're going to do with that. But I love this guy. And the reason I loved him is love him is because he had so many troubles, but he didn't quit. And in Numbers chapter 11, 10 through 15, he gets to the bottom of his discouragement to the end. Uh, To me, it was the lowest depressing day of his life. Moses heard the people of 
every family wailing, each at the entrance to his tent. And what were they wailing about? Moses and his leadership. They had had all they could take. They were fed up with him. They did not want to follow him anymore. They wished they could go back where they came from. Hey, any of you ever experienced that just a little bit? People wailing? Now, I find that usually people wail behind closed doors and they attack you between each other, but not to your face. But in this case, it was in his face. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. Duh, you think? He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised an oath to their forefathers? I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. If I have found favor in your eyes, do not let me face my own ruin. Wow, was he discouraged. And so he asked God, why? Why? Why do I have to carry the burden of all these people? You know, leadership is a burden. And I believe in the upside down pyramid that we are not on the top of the pyramid. We are not the king of the mountain. You know, everybody doesn't serve us. We're the bottom of the pyramid. The pyramid is flipped and we carry everybody on our shoulders as leaders, as servant leaders. And sometimes it is a huge burden. Uh, He asked God, why? What did God answer? Well, one thing uh, I know God said, well, because you're the leader. I called you, I appointed you, you demand, you know, you're you're the tip of the spear. That's the price of leadership. But he also told Moses, you shouldn't do it all by yourself. He actually told him to build a team, to spread the load, to get some other people to work with him, and that it was ridiculous for him to try to carry this entire burden by himself. Uh, that's a topic for another podcast that I've spoken on in the past and will on the future. Don't be a control freak. Don't try to do everything yourself. Spread the load. But it's tough to finish well. There was a time in my own work when I was so discouraged. You know, I was a CEO for 20 years, uh, president of a nonprofit. And I remember about 10 years ago, I wrote my resignation letter to the chairman of my board. It was an amazing letter. You know, I wrote it on my laptop. I tweaked it many times. It was quite a few pages long. You know, the good thing is I never sent the letter. Just by the virtue of writing the letter, it was somewhat of a catharsis to me to sort of put down on paper what was it that got me so discouraged and what was it that made me feel like Moses, I wanted to quit. You know, he said, Moses said, if I found favor in your eyes, do not let me face my own ruin release me from this. Send somebody else to do it. But God's you know, answer to him was, no, I want you to do it. I want you to hang in there. And I, I'm so glad I didn't send that resignation letter because some really, really cool things happened after that time of discouragement. You know, leadership is a series of mountaintops and valleys. One thing I learned Every time I was on a great mountaintop, I began to prepare myself for Monday morning because I knew the next valley would come, the next bullet would come, the next arrow would come because that's leadership. And the more people you lead, the more eyes are on you and the more potential there is for people to feel that you don't fulfill their expectations. So you got to be rock strong and say, I'm going to finish well this assignment. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. Discouragement is the number one factor that can take you out in your leadership. Okay, let me review where we've been so far. Three facts about 
finishing well, ending well, whatever your assignment is. This isn't just the end of your career, but what you're doing right now. The first fact is many people don't finish well. The second fact, it's tough to finish well. But here's the third fact, and I want to leave you with this. You can finish well. There's a whole bunch of people who do finish well, their assignments. And just make that your intention. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, I'm going to maintain my integrity. I'm going to maintain my ethics. I'm going to keep learning to be a a better leader. I am just uh, not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. Moses finished well. Deuteronomy 34, 7 and 8. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. You know, What's cool about that verse? There's a lot of things that are cool about that verse. He lived to be 120, and yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. That tells me he finished strong. He finished well. He didn't give in to a whole lot of things we can give in to that can take us out in our leadership. And those people that have been wailing at the door of their tents, they finally grew to appreciate what a great leader he was. He led them for 40 years, and when he died... For 30 days, they wept and mourned his death. And he died with a great reputation. And in his funeral, it was all good. It was all good. Well, let me just conclude here with a couple of thoughts. Uh, well, before we finish, I want to just say a big shout out to my sweet wife, Donna. Uh, thank you, Donna, for our 38 years of marriage since we met in college back 40 years ago. You've done a lot. You've had a lot to do with my surviving and thriving all these years. For when I was weak, you were strong. You've always been there for me. And uh, I just appreciate you so much. And uh, I just thank God that that you're my partner in life. You know, it makes so much difference. It's so cool. Thank you, Donna. Well, here's some concluding thoughts. Four applications that I want to drive home to you uh, to make sure you do Uh, Begin with the end in mind. Think about the end, finishing well, finishing your assignment, leaving a great leadership legacy. Number one, when you fall down, get back up and you will fall down. Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Thomas Edison. Remember, you can get all these quotes on my show show notes at uh, leadershipanswerman.com. Number two, when people let you down, forgive them and keep going forward. Don't keep your eyes on people. Those of you who are people of faith, I know a lot of you are, keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, He won't let you down. I wrote a letter to my daughter uh, who's with Youth with a Mission, and she was pretty discouraged a couple years ago. She was in a big team, mostly girls, and there was a lot of drama, and uh, she was just discouraged about the team conflict. Christians particularly letting her down. And uh, I said, sweetheart, I wrote her a letter. (laughs) I actually got paper out and I thought this will have maximum impact if I actually write her a handwritten letter and mail it to her. And I said, people will let you down. Forgive them and keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on your own intention and your own goals because people will let you down. Just count on it and have a forgiving spirit. Number three, When you let yourself down, give yourself a lot of grace and learn to laugh at your mistakes. And believe me, you will let yourself down. I find I let myself down more than other people let me down. 
Have you ever experienced that? Any of you have that same experience? I find that I let myself down and I disappoint myself more than other people do. So I need to give myself a lot of grace and you need to give yourself a lot of grace and learn to laugh at your mistakes and again, get back up, dust yourself off and stay in the race, stay in the arena. And number four, choose to be extraordinary. You know, the word extraordinary is just the word ordinary with the word extra in front of it. Choose to be extraordinary. If you have a passion burning inside of you, don't let anyone put that fire out. Follow your passion. Choose to be extraordinary. Begin with the end in mind. Choose to finish well at all costs. Now, I want to leave you with a book and a quote of the show. The book I want to recommend to you is uh, from my mentor, Dr. J. Robert Clinton. The name of the book is The Making of a Leader. It's published by NAV Press. And Bobby Clinton was my mentor when I did my doctoral studies on leadership. One thing that was great about him, he believed in me. He actually recruited me to study under him. And I just had a great time studying leadership under his uh, mentorship. And he's written a, a fascinating book. He's basically like an engineer. He studied the lives of thousands of leaders both biblical Bible leaders and people in ministry and just secular leaders and uh, tried to figure out what helped people finish well. And he talks about phases of life that you go through. And the name of the book is The Making of a Leader. It's a, it's a great book that helps you kind of look at the whole lifespan of your life and what the tapestry is that is being woven. Again, The Making of a Leader, J. Robert Clinton, Nav Prest. And the quote of the show that I want to leave you with is Thomas Edison. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Never give up. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. Please send me your leadership questions that I can answer on a future podcast. And I would love to have you sign up for my email updates at leadershipanswerman.com. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. Keep listening and learning and go out there and make a difference with your leadership.